0: Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast. I'm Eric Kung, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by a host Oscars, Ann Thompson. We never thought we'd get to this point, even in a short season, but here we are. And man, I have to tell you, and I mean, one, kudos, you called it. I called it too for Parasite, but I'm biased and just called things that I want to happen. But also... Even in a short, chaotic season, I have to say, you've been doing this longer than me, this felt to me like the most satisfying award season because of the way it ended last week. And that Parasite victory four times over felt so good.
1: It sure did. And it felt good being in the house. But I have to say, over the course of the Short, intense, weird season. I just felt it in the room uh, from the SAG Ensemble Awards when people leapt to their feet. Um, You know, even when it was the nomination for it was announced in the room before it won. And everybody in the room sort of turned to each other and went, whoa, maybe this is going to win something, you Yeah, know? you know, and every time it would be like that, it was like that at the Critics' Choice Awards. It was like that at the WGA Awards. It was like that, you know, looking at BAFTA overseas. And, and you just had, you know, at a certain point, I just gave in. I, I said, this has to happen.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> and was all there.
1: These bullshit conventional wisdom, you know, you can't win the foreign, you can't People do resist that inside the academy, but this is where the provincial bat the the preferential, actually is what works. Yeah, it works for Moonlight too, and it's the same idea.
0: We 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 toss around the concept of the preferential ballot, and then other factors end up also playing this big role. But here, it seems to have been the most crucial factor because the enthusiasm. And, and the anecdotal evidence of the enthusiasm lined up with other things that were happening that showed that enthusiasm, like that SAG award. You know, it was like it, it was there mathematically and on the ground in terms it of what meant people wanted that there,
1: Right. It meant that there was real support from the actors, which is the dominant branch of the Academy. But it also, um, I think really what it was, and I felt this with Moonlight too, and, and you're expressing it yourself and people on the staff at who are it, it, you ended up having a kind of rooting interest in it. And everyone loved Bong. He moved to LA with his family. He stayed in an apartment. He worked the room. He showed up. And he was just genuine and lovable. So not only lovable, but someone you respected and admired, you know, that same thing. And people like Tarantino had known him for years and admired him. He became buddies with Taika Waititi traveling to, you know, London together from New York at the WGA. It was, it was palpable that people were invested in him winning.
0: And the other thing that I thought was really fascinating about all this was that there was this underlying assumption that a movie nominated for best international feature simply couldn't overcome this because it hadn't happened before and that leads to these questions why hadn't it happened before and where are we now culturally you know in the first year that this category was called best international feature uh, it's less relevant because the oscars are getting more international the academy's more international and our culture is more global some of the
1: arguments on um, Twitter and other places, you know, that I witnessed w- would suggest that that somehow the the Oscars should be American, and I, it, it, I it's so far from the truth. They have some 20% of their membership now added to over the past few years has is international. And, and they always, by the way, they always have been, I mean, we've been putting Brits up there on the stage with Oscars, you know, for Texas. And and, and, and Hollywood is itself. Yeah. And
0: it's always been an international (laughs) They're Europeans, by the way. (laughs) But the other thing is, so I did hear one somewhat compelling argument, even though I disagreed with it over the weekend, but it evolved and, and I put it in the story that I wrote. Recapping my experience over the weekend, which was a conversation I had with Thierry from Mo from Cannes, who was in LA doing stuff. And by the
1: way, he was bragging about the Palm Door of course. being and, the and, winner, which he always does. He did it with the artist too.
0: Yeah, and well, and and that movie didn't win the Palm, but it certainly got the Cannes bump. I, and I and I think in this particular case, what was notable was that you know the the journey for this movie really did start with the history making of the Palme d'Or because it was also the first Korean film to win the Palme. But, but Thierry was saying maybe the Oscars over the weekend, he said, maybe the Oscars should be American, the same way that the French have the César awards. Spain has the Goya awards. Maybe American cinema really does need a reason to celebrate itself. And then that's, that's something's missing there. But then by the end of the weekend, I saw him at the Soho house party for, Parasite and he had kind of changed his tune. He was sort of he's like,
1: wrong. Yeah. he's wrong because the Oscars are the last one, you know, and they, and there's a reason for that. And they mean something globally. They, all those countries are rooting for their own in each Oscar race and, and rooting for American films and British films and Korean films. It's, it doesn't matter. It, the world is flat.
0: It does open up a very interesting question, though, which I heard divided opinions about with respect to what comes next. You know, is everyone going to go to Cannes and chase after non-English language movies because Parasite showed that you can get to this point?
1: I I agree that that's going to have some impact, and I'll tell you why. It has to do with um, uh, sort of the kind of when Harvey Weinstein, God forbid, showed what he could do and how he could get movies into the race that nobody would have thought that he could beat saving private Ryan with Shakespeare and love, you know, that his marketing moxie um, could overwhelm. It almost is about people believing in what's possible. And by the way, being willing to spend the money. So you have parasite doing really well at the box office you know, some thirty-four million domestic. You know, one hundred and thirty something worldwide. it'll keep you going. Get, yeah. You know, and it keeps—it's growing. It's—it's it's doing really, really well after the Oscars. Uh, we have a story about that. But the point—the point the is—is point is that it, when you know it's possible, you can try to make it work. But *Parasite* is an anomaly. It is a genre film. Yeah. It is like a Hitchcock movie. It's not an art film in the usual sense. It's foreign language. I admit. But what Netflix and Apple have shown with the iPhone, with multitasking, with captioning, with texting, is that our, the generation now below, you know, younger than we are, they all read subtitles. It's no big deal. That's not the barrier. The barrier is, is, is you have to have an accessible movie that people love that also, in the case of the Oscars, has some, uh, Thematic resonance to our times, which this one obviously did, universal, all over the world. But I mean, so, it's, it, it, that right, doesn't, you can't just find that movie. Everybody wishes they had that movie. Right, it just doesn't always exist.
0: But if you get past that barrier of foreign language, then. Presumably, you are more likely to have a wider range of options in that respect. There could be no, all it, kinds. Of-
1: what they recognize, the people who bu- who, who pushed parasite hard, and, you know, everyone from Marabuxbaum at IDPR who discovered it, it can, and and chased after it, and and obviously Tom Quinn who picked it up and did a brilliant job of of releasing it. Gradually, though, the thing about that movie was that its success was organic. It grew in the old-fashioned step, 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 step way that uh, you know people like Sony Pictures Classics have been doing for eons. Yeah, and they've gotten
0: plenty. of they got Crouching Tiger. They got a more nominated for Best Picture, so it's not
1: actually. I was talking to Tom Bernard at the Governor's Awards, uh, the party, the Governor's party um, uh, ball. Hello, and he said that uh, he didn't think Crouching Tiger had the same advantage uh, back then that, that Parasite had now. There there really was still a kind of uh, subtitled disadvantage back then. The
0: Times had this weird article this week where they talked to like a scientist about whether or not your brain has to work harder to read things while you watch things or something. And it was so inconclusive and pointless. And I was just thinking, I totally agree with what Bong said at the Golden Globes, like just get past the whole question of reading things during a movie. It's it's so irrelevant to what you might be experiencing. And I do, and I, I would assume most people are, are now past that. But if it is considered a challenge, then the question is, which movies are going to stand out, say it can this year, that might have that parasite type of resonance, you know, I, I, I don't expect the next uh, you know, Paul Verhoeven movie about Fre- French lesbian. If, if nuns any to cross capable
1: over. of doing it, it's Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> no, well. part, part of what we're talking about is a filmmaker, and I think Ang Lee qualifies for this too, who crosses barriers, who uh, operates in a in a language that is truly global. It isn't just local. He he, he isn't making that movie. J- he is making it for Korea, but he's making it in a language that is truly global. Kurosawa used to do that too. You yeah, know? I mean, you're so, does it. Right, people who can transcend borders. Yeah, I
0: mean, you're t- also exclusively talking about filmmakers who, by when they do that, they've been making movies for a long time. I mean, part of the equation here is America may have discovered Bong Joon Ho in a bigger way over the course of the season, but he's been making movies for twenty years.
1: So, and hopefully you know. part of what's happening here is that a lot of cinephiles, uh, the kind who, who actually read IndieWire, will go and, and discover his over and, and see more of his films. Mother is an amazing movie.
0: And I love Mother. And, and the host, I think, is, is every couple of years becomes relevant again if you look at what's going on in China with the Tell coronavirus. So right. that's another one that I think uh, people should check out. And and I, and I think Korean cinema in general is going to get an interesting boost. Asian cinema in general, the, the market, which is underserved in this country to some degree, May, may in fact get a nice boost. So who knows what those festivals are going to I would to like, like to see
1: more distributors, you know, uh, looking at movies in a different way and being less hidebound by the supposed conventions of what can work in this country. Um, that's what I'd like to see, because this is a good old fashioned theatrical hit. And there is a market for it if you can find the right movies and give them the right kind of backing. So we but should this movie on some before we you know exhaust ourselves, this movie did sell itself. That's part of the point. When you have an organic theatrical hit like that, it's word of mouth really in the end.
0: Well, yeah, and it's universally well reviewed and various other kinds of factors that weren't you didn't have to trick people into going to see this movie. It, it, didn't, it didn't sell you a fake bet, a bill of goods, you know, so that, that alone, it's like you get what you pay for, you know. Other so.
1: than that, I mean, there really weren't that many surprises on Oscar night. 1917 finally just couldn't compete with Parasite. The four actors that we expected to win did win. Um, I was moved by some of the speeches. I loved the way Bong um, honored Scorsese and gave him that was a chance powerful. to get rewarded in the room with a big standing O. And, um, and I love the way Laura Dern honored her parents. There was a trend of people taking their parents to the Oscars from Laura to, to Brad Pitt, which I, uh, and, and Charlize. Uh, that was lovely too. Yeah. Everything
0: seemed to just sort of hum along. I mean, the, the one, at one point it felt like the biggest surprise was Ford v Ferrari winning editing. You know, if that's the biggest surprise it tells you something about what kind of a year we're in, Although I was also interested in some of the short film outcomes, uh, we talked about uh, Marshall Curry's film, The Neighbors. Yeah, Window. that
1: showed me that the reason that I mean, when I you know, sometimes you see something when it wins, you go, "Oh, it won because Marshall Curry was really popular with that branch." Could be, I mean, <laughs> because it, he, had it, just, it, he he was someone they knew. He had been on the dockside the year before, um, you know. But he's was, been nominated
0: was a, like. Three times before then didn't win. I also think this one. It, a lot of it was people moving. liked it. It's a it yeah, made it was well done. Cry. Yeah, it was well it acted, and and yeah, exactly. It stuck with people, as did the Afghanistan skateboarding documentary short. So that you know, I, I missed out on all of those categories. The animated short I didn't believe Hair Love because I thought memorable. I know it was most popular because of the people and it's the the. the the most um, it was kind sweet, of lighthearted, and on the side one. of the
1: yeah. angels in the right yeah, way.
0: Fair enough. So all that happened. And it had
1: a good story. It had the Kickstarter and all the people who came in to help it and picked it up. You know, it had it had a narrative. Thing.
0: And then the American Factory thing. Obviously, that that was very satisfying to see that movie when, even though there was this possibility of Honeyland in two categories, and if it was that going, was a
1: case you know, where um, the movie itself was incredibly good. The filmmakers had a great legacy of great work behind them, and Netflix did a good job, and the Obamas came in and supported them, so all of that kind of pushed the whole thing forward. It was
0: kind of fascinating to talk about that category this season, though, since it had really only one American film. I mean, it was... was sort of the one of the most diverse categories in terms of so it was still a
1: movie about global workplace about two cultures clashing it had it was as much about china as it was about america
0: yeah almost and you could argue it was a chinese film for the people who wanted to see it that way so that was that was very interesting and um i will say one of the things about 1917 that i find kind of fascinating is that it was such a such an obvious kind of award season movie, even if it was in some ways very, very well executed, that I almost felt like there was this operating assumption that it would win on the basis of that Ignoring other factors, and it had to do know. with
1: people saying that that the conventional wisdom was always going to dominate. And what I felt in the room with all these people with rooting interest was that they almost were going against the Green Book establishment win last year, which had everything to do with rooting against Netflix, right. the Spielberg versus Netflix narrative the studios versus the disruptor well and that so happened, this yeah. was much more um, this it was almost political Rem- and the other thing that we should note is that the oscars took place inside a certain political landscape and it was you know someone from like Brad Pitt brought it up um, with Bolton and, and other, you know, obviously Joaquin uh, was talking about how can we be better people and, and take care of the world better. All of that was part of the narrative, too. And and and, and the only negative there is that I think that this, the show, while it was admirable and I loved it and it played well for me. It, it's yet another liberal hollywood show that uh, clearly judging by the ratings may not have played that well i don't think for mainstream america yeah but
0: i mean the ratings were at an all-time low so obviously something didn't work and i was very amused when I, I pulled my my class the other night how many people watched the oscars and it was most people and i was like well maybe this is the entire audience for the oscars because it's like that's been... better
1: than my class that i was teaching <laughs> but i was that. yeah Where they, they were, hated well, the well, that's
0: oscars. the thing it's but i also feel like it's a bubble right if you're a Real movie enthusiast, you're gonna think it's cool that Spike Lee's handing an Oscar to Bong Joon Ho. But in other parts of, the, I mean, the, the, the show itself doesn't seem didn't seem to offer much to somebody who would only be tuning in to watch celebrities do funny celebrity things or whatever. And like bringing out Eminem is not enough to fix that challenge. I do think on some level it was a pretty good case for why you need a host to to draw that extra. Demo in. I mean, the bigger. I don't think
1: the host has anything to do with it. I think it has to do with how much is predictable and what you have a rooting interest in, and so the audience that would have had a rooting interest in Joker knew that it wasn't in the running to win. And, you know, that they knew that Joaquin was going to win. They knew everything already. So to the extent that that they might have watched if there was a real cliffhanger, uh, they didn't tune in. Uh, Oscar hosts really don't have anything to do with it. It has to do with big popular movies that people are rooting for. Well, but I mean,
0: why did the Globes? That's why it,
1: that's why it did better last year. Why does the
0: Globes, why do they take Ricky Gervais? It's not because they think he's like the most lovable guy. It's because pe- people tune in to watch him insult the room, right? I mean, well, the, the Oscars line? are
1: still the highest grossing, and, and, and listen to me, in, in movie terms, the, the highest drawing uh, award show. I mean, way higher than the Globes. I also but think, they fell more. They did fall more. Yeah, than the yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: the other thing I think is, is worth thinking about here is ABC's had these successes with these live shows, you know, a live production of The Little Mermaid that's like terrible. But when you do some goofy live thing at the Oscars, it's sort of out of sync with the event itself. So there is this kind of existential crisis of how does the Oscars want to present itself to the world and they haven't been able to resolve that equation. No,
1: it's true because they're still playing to the room. And what if if you hire Stephanie Elaine and a Lynette Howell Taylor to produce the show, it, it's because you want inclusion and you want to say they were reacting in a way against the Oscar so white criticism and counterbalancing it with a hugely woke show, and uh, and that's what you get. And, and that's woke, what they wanted. Woke overload. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. I, I don't. I don't know. It's a, Interesting question. It makes you wonder if in the future, this show will maybe fit better into the streaming landscape. Should it be a show that, you know, if you want to tune in, you get all of those people who tune in on a platform as opposed to trying to make it part of the broadcast model? Because, um, you know, these ratings don't suggest that it's, it's well suited for that.
1: But the other point is that the, the that this was the triumph of theatrical 1917 was killing it in theaters Bach parasite was killing it in theaters and and the you know something even something like Renee Zellweger's um, extraordinary Judy you know um, did really well in theaters so so I'm not saying Judy was extraordinary but she was extraordinary and it did very well uh, at at the, at the box office whereas the big whiff, of the night was Netflix um, with the Irishman not getting anything. And our colleague, uh, Dana Harris wrote a terrific analysis of what happened uh, there. The Netflix movies simply lost energy by not being in theaters longer.
0: I also think that there was a similar negative campaign against Netflix this year that kind of just helped Parasite sort of stay above the fray. Like It almost felt like Universal versus Netflix or something. And
1: then Redux. Netflix was
0: untouchable. Yeah, that story, the Netflix story, in fact, there were multiple stories It all seemed to drop at the same time, like right when voting closed. There was closed. definitely
1: negative I campaigning mean, that, going but on. I mean, that was just
0: like, and, and those stories we'd heard that some of them were coming as if there was some new information. There wasn't any new information. It was the same stupid story How Netflix. many
1: studios spend m- incredible amounts of money on, yeah. on junkets and awards campaigns? And Sony certainly stepped up this year, you know, with billboards and everything else. They went toe-to-toe with Netflix, and, and they won some, some Oscars. They did okay in the end. Well,
0: not for Tarantino, really. He got, to, he got two,
1: and Little Women got one. And, yeah. uh, you know, they weren't they were not than seen. nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think uh, Tarantino is particularly thrilled with the outcome, although I'm sure Brad, you know, Brad Pitt gets what he gets. And that's good for him. But it, it, it I, I do think what Netflix has had to do to become a player on that level, in some ways, is more impressive than the story that Netflix is spending a lot of money, which is just what you have to do to be a player on that level unless you want to work. What they it.
1: do that is so interesting is they use awards campaigns in effect as marketing campaigns and they use theaters as a platform for release on the the streaming service. And that's, what's working for them. And all the, you know, what Sarando said to me at the governor's ball was basically, we got all that attention. We drove people to watch our movies on the site. Yeah. That is our goal. They got, they got the. You have like to have one more. Yes. They got American factory and they got Laura Dern. That was it.
0: Yeah. And, and then the other question is, you know, does this affect something big picture like stock prices? And ultimately it seems pretty minor. No,
1: it's just a blip. Netflix just chugs
0: along, and it's got a huge global presence, too. So to me, it's it's sort of like, I think it's they're not going to stop making awards movies anytime soon and the idea that this was some no, monumental failure is misleading. no
1: they're making movies that other people won't make and and it's essential that they keep the two-hour movie uh the alive or the um, three hour and I'm, 20
0: minute movie uh, exactly
1: i'm really curious to see i mean we talked about this uh going forward, what the other streamers, uh, are going to do in terms of enhanced production. By the way, Warner brothers has a new division that's going to be making movies for HBO max. And right. Some of them could end up in theaters. Dang. Now these are not, this is by no means another art house subsidiary. This is a mainstream mid budget heading for, uh, Big audiences, kind of of division, and it's ten
0: films a year. So, but it's fascinating
1: to me that they're taking movies that they developed that they decided weren't strong or robust enough to go into theaters, and or risk not turning out well enough to go into theaters that this way they can make those movies and see how they turn out and make that decision well, that's, about what's I the think right this platform.
0: Is, we've been heading this way for a while, Ann, which is not just – this is not an anomaly. This is a lot of the bigger companies see less value in going to a festival and making an acquisition than they do in developing things in-house and then figuring out how they want to place them as a result of that because they know that they can – if something is – not awards caliber and not festival caliber. They can just dump it on the platform and figure out some other kinds of solution. What I think is really fascinating about the streaming era is that you can have so many different profiles for films. I mean, the same day that we were all kind of recovering and processing the Oscars to all the boys I've loved before too, or whatever it's called dropped on Netflix. I don't think we're going to see some big awards campaign for that movie. I think movie. It, was
1: for, it was for free.
0: Right. Well, yeah, exactly. They made it free for non-subscribers, which is a pretty savvy marketing move too.
1: Which means that they really are changing it up, which is one thing Netflix knows how to do because what's going to happen. I mean, we talked about the Sundance bubble where all the streamers were spending money. They're going to eventually figure out that they can make the movies for less money and and not and control them more and not have to spend so much to buy it also
0: it opens up an interesting question about the festival circuit too of like are we going to get to a point where there are just fewer and fewer movies available for sale and the festival becomes more of a a sort of a launch pad for these movies that people are investing in much earlier in the game i mean the parasite gamble for neon really paid off they did not know this movie was going to turn out well when they got involved at the script stage i'm sure of that so, they
1: believed in the filmmaker. Well, yeah, they,
0: they knew there was going to be something. They had a long there.
1: investment in that filmmaker yeah, and they there had was reason something there. Because he showed that he could make this kind of accessible genre material before. This is not news. But even, that is to Tom Quinn's credit. Yeah, that's
0: true. But I, but I may or may not have had a conversation with somebody there early on who was not sure how this movie was going to come out because you really never know until it's done. So there was yeah, a, it takes it was a, a smart little bit gamble. of a gonad yeah uh, play. It's still risk
1: to to, to invest in something uh, before it's done. Uh, but I think that's what we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see all of these platforms um, uh, stepping up to more production, which is only gonna be good for filmmakers. But and we've talked about this, the branding element when you're a young upcoming filmmaker is is not, is it doesn't happen the same way on, on platforms uh streaming platforms as it does at the box office and lulu wang comes out ahead of a lot of other people with the farewell having been in theaters for so long yeah. people know who she is now
0: that's true and and the 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 experience of seeing that movie win and what we Considered an upset at the Spirit Awards, I thought was really validating after the year of that movie. Even though it was shut out of the Oscars, because you know even Bong mentioned her backstage in one of his uh, press conferences, because the success of that movie was not exclusively relegated to whether or not it could win awards. It was it was just the very fact that there was so much enthusiasm for it all the way throughout the season. And then when it won in tandem with, you know, a movie like Uncut Gems winning, I think it it showed you what kinds of movies can really pop these days beyond what, what gets nominated for an Oscar.
1: That yeah. was a satisfying uh, Spirit Award, yeah. and then James. Parasite won Foreign Life. Yeah, yeah, right? of course. And everybody, you know, or they call it International too. And then, and then it was just, it was just very exciting. Everybody, again, up in the tent, <laughs> cheering for for Bong, uh, and that was repeated the next, the very next day, in cheering for Lord. And then Dern. we went to parties. She said, "Yeah, so that, that was a fine. good circuit, we good went, party circuit this year." We did go to the Soho House. Um, uh celebration there were people there, who had
0: been there since four o'clock in the afternoon watching the show and were they were like drunker dunk. than yeah. they were that is for sure but it was a it was a good time i mean what i liked about the soho house party is that you could feel the difference in the room there was a the crowd felt like the kind of crowd you see at the film festival parties there were a lot of programmers and and acquisition type people and stuff like that it wasn't a super hollywood kind of a vibe because that wasn't the the win you know no and those people stayed away so
1: now if i had the energy i would have gone down to korea town for the after <laughs> if you had the
0: location <laughs> but
1: yeah, it was uh, no i could i could have you would have had to follow was, them it, i didn't i did i went to sleep <laughs> yeah
0: it was it was apparently quite the all-night rager but uh, after teasing on on the airwaves that he was going to be out drinking all night it did seem he, was. <laughs> he had to deliver on expectations before going back to uh the old routine. I mean, the the great thing about that guy is he doesn't have to now just stay in Hollywood and be a Hollywood director. You know, he's huge in Korea. The president of Korea congratulated him, you know, so he can come back to LA and support whatever this TV series is that they're doing based on the thing. But he he also doesn't have to be a Hollywood guy now, which is refreshing. So, um, so now that we can put this behind us, we get a little break because next week, Will be in Berlin for the Berlinale, which is very exciting. I haven't been in several years. I don't. Have you been to the? I've Ber- never You've been. Never been. So this I've is never perfect. been to Berlin
1: itself. So I'm going to stay for a few days and have some vacation time at, at the end. Um, so you and I have looked at the lineup, and it's it's sort of exciting. Um, I'm I'm I mean, there's new films by people like Agnieszka Holland, and um, what else are you excited by? Well,
0: I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm curious. about about like abel ferrara's movie with siberia yeah, with, willem so with willem dafoe <laughs> i love really willem dafoe
1: but i didn't love the last one what was it called tomasino Mm-mm. Tommaso, yeah, yeah yeah well
0: this one's a little bit bigger and stranger so i don't know for for certain and, and there's the um there's a the pinocchio film from right uh, from, from mateo
1: mateo Garone. Garone. you know he's with,
0: always um, reliably Roberto interesting.
1: Bonini, benini exactly and there's a cause there, i love that if anyone saw aquarella Victor Kozolovsky has a new mm-hmm. one, which I'm looking forward to. And Mohamed
0: Rasolov, who cannot leave uh, Iran, is, has a new film in competition. And he always makes really involving stories about kind of the challenges of that society. And so that looks promising. And, you know, this, it's, it's an entirely new programming team. I'm very curious to see how it all goes. It seems less star studded and more programming driven. So, I'm sure we'll get and, a lot of interesting stuff out of and that. And
1: speaking of Korea, there's a new Hong Sang-soo, the one yeah. who ran. I feel so like I can already picture it in my
0: head. It's it's people sitting around and drinking and arguing and having romantic problems. But I'm always there for that guy. I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always there for that guy. <laughs> but, I mean, it's if anybody sticks to their formula, you know, it's, it's, it's Director Hong. So, anyway, so I will see you out in Berlin. Congrats on surviving Oscar season. It's been a blast. You too, Eric. It Have was a fun good doing one. Doing Rest it. easy soon. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.